Ladies and gentlemen, brace yourselves for the hottest station. Are we on the air? Yes, you are.
we are so humbled and honored that you all are tuning in to speak the truth with myself, Deidre Moore, and my husband, Reverend Moore. The scripture for today, Proverbs thirteen twenty: Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with the fools and get in trouble. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. I am so grateful for my family and friends. We are so grateful to be still alive amongst the living. Thank you so much, Lord, for keeping us. I am so thankful for my good health, Lord. Thank you for blessing me with my helpmate who's after your own heart, Lord. Father of mercy, you are mighty and magnificent. We give you all the honor and the praise for who you are. We appreciate your word that gives us comfort and strength to make it through our day. Help us stay focused and diligent to complete those tasks that are awaiting us. I ask that you keep me, my family, those who are attached to me, my children, my children's children, and all those who are under the sound of my voice from hurt, harm, and danger. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you bless all mankind with strength and wisdom to make good decisions for the, our world. Father, I release your healing and deliverance for those who need it. I thank you for hearing me when I pray, as your word confirms. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. 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 Thank you for that wonderful prayer. Now, today our topic is going to be Talking about living wisely in a foolish world. Living wisely in a foolish world. As we look around our world today, we see people living foolishly. They're not being wise. They may think they're wise because they're doing what is popular. But the first way to live wisely in a foolish world is to choose friends who are like-minded individuals. Who make Christ the center of their life. So the question I want to ask today. What is a friend? A friend is someone you like and fond of. And you uh, like the way they're living. And then the same is for them liking and caring about you. And um, you're also able to uh, let them know when they're doing wrong. And they're able to let you know when you're doing wrong. Exactly. You know. A friend sees, will see the best in you even when you're not showing it. A friend who sticks closer to you than a brother. You remember that old saying on uh, Good Times? <laughs> United we stand, divided we fall. Yes. Tighter than pantyhose, two sizes small. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one fear of, um, uh, I hear people talk about a lot is one day they will be alone. You know, we, we all need a few friends, a few, a few real friends who knows us well. You know, they know they know the good, the bad and the ugly, yet still love us regardless. Mm -hmm. Proverbs gives us some great advice about finding true friends. Now, the purpose of Proverbs is to teach people how to attain wisdom, discipline and live a wise life. And how to do what is right, just, and fair. Deidre, can you read uh, Proverbs, the first seven verses of this chapter, so we can get a better context of what we are talking about today? Okay, Proverbs 13, 1 through 7. 
A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Wise words will win you a good meal, but treacherous people have an appetite for violence. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. The godly hates lies. The wicked cause shame and disgrace. Godliness guards the path of the blameless, but the evil are misled by sin. Some who are poor pretend to be rich. Others who are rich pretend to be poor. Now, to live wisely, the first thing we need to know is don't choose foolish friends. Now, what does Proverbs 13 and 20 tell us again? Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, according to the Bible, who is a fool? Now, Jesus tells us about one kind of fool in the parable of a rich farmer whose fields produced a lot of grain. So he had to build up new barns to store his harvest. The farmer says in Luke 12 and 19, And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But Jesus tells him in Luke 12 and 20, You fool! This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? The rich man in Jesus' story died before he could begin to use what was stored in his barns. Now planning for retirement, preparing for life before death is wise. But neglecting life after death is disastrous. If you accumulate wealth only to enrich yourself, with no concern for helping others, you will enter eternity empty-handed. Jesus challenges us to think beyond earthbound goals and to use what we have been given for God's kingdom. Just like we talked about last week, a fool is anyone who doesn't put God first in their life, or like Psalms 14 and 1 says, that they believe that there is no God. We are foolish if we choose friends whose number one priority is anything other than pleasing God. Choosing the right friends is especially important for young people today because of the peer pressure they face. It is our responsibility as parents to teach them to choose their friends based on character, not appearance or popularity, or their likability. Now, which is easier? Climbing a steep hill or going downhill? It takes a lot of energy and leg strength to climb up. And going down, you have the help of gravity. So I would say it's easier to go down the hill. Now, don't you know that the same is true in relationships? If you make friends with someone whose morals are lower than yours, what is most likely to happen? Will you pull them up? Or will, they be, or, they, or will they pull you down? Most likely they will pull you down. Now, people can pull us down morally a lot easier than we can pull them up. It says in Proverbs 12 and 26, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. 
So here's what we must do. We must choose fortifying friends. This means to select friends who build us up. Here's how we do it. Do that. But before we talk about how we uh, select friends who build us up, we will take our first break. If you would like to advertise your ministry, your business on our program, or, or even donate, just send us an email to speakthetruth423 at yahoo.com, and we will send you the information on how to do that on this station. Also, we would like feedback and topic suggestions as well. So again, that's speakthetruth423 at yahoo.com. Welcome back to Speak the Truth with William and Deidre Moore on Worldwide Radio. You can catch us on radio.net, on Instagram at Worldwide Radio underscore LLC. And you can also look us up on your streaming devices. Just download Live 365 and look for Worldwide Radio for our programs. Now, before we took our first break, we was going to talk about how to select friends who build us up. Now, here's how they do that. They build us up morally. The true test of a great friendship is, are you, better, are you a better person because of a particular friend that's in your life? Now, they build us up emotionally. A great friend is a friend, period, point blank. Proverbs 17, verse 17a says, A friend loves at all times. So how do we go about not choosing foolish friends, but choosing fortifying friends? First, you have to be a good friend, a good listener, and an encourager, a forgiving friend. And then um, correct them when they're doing wrong. And then that's the type of friend that you um, would like to have. The one that treats you the same way. Okay. So let's look at five things we can do to have great friends. The first thing is be cheerful. Here's what Proverbs 15 verse 15b says. The cheerful heart has a continual feast. This means a cheerful person enjoys life despite adverse circumstances. Some people light up a room when they enter, while others light it up when they leave. When you enter a room, greet with a smile. Have an enthusiastic tone when you greet them. Show them you are happy to be with them. So they will um, want to see and be happy that you're entering the room. Have you ever been in a situation where you was glad to see somebody leave the room? Yes. yes. <laughs> and very sad to see them come in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the second thing is be generous with your praise. This means make people feel appreciated. And bring it brings out the best in them. The world is feel, filled with too many negative, critical people who are always putting others down. But as Christians, we are not to be like the world. The most important time to praise a person is when they are down. We are reminded of this in Proverbs 12 and 25. 
Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Um, this made me think about, you know, the first thing that you are taught as a child is to say uh, thank you and please. That's always um, giving appreciation to somebody. And, you know, it's so. And what else is so true is giving compliments when you greet somebody, um, if uh, it doesn't feel good, it, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't it feel good to hear um, someone say uh, and give you a compliment? Yes, you know everybody wants to be appreciated. Have you ever been done something and you thought you deserved some appreciation and they didn't give you any appreciation? You know, some people take what you do for granted, mm -hmm. but you know we have to. Uh, be appreciated sometimes. You know, everybody wants that. Now, the third thing is be modest. Now, this means don't toot your own horn. When we toot our own horns, we give the impression we are insecure, arrogant, or just stuck on ourselves. Proverbs 20, 27 and 2 says, let someone else praise you and not your own mouth. <laughs> now, some people brag by association also known as name dropping. They also brag about where they have been or what they have accomplished. So if you want to share an accomplishment, do it with um, by giving God the glory and praise because he is the one that made it possible. Um, you know, it is always necessary to give testimonies to encourage others um, to draw them to Christ. But, you know, just stay, remain humble. You, you know, haven't you seen when uh, people be humble and they give praise and then you've seen people, like you said earlier, that's just bragging and they taking all the credit? Yes, I've seen people like that. But, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes I don't, it don't have to be tooting your own horn. It could just be confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, some people can mistake that by being arrogant. Yes. You know, when a lot of people are confident in, in what they do, some people say, oh, that person just arrogant. They stuck on themselves. No, we should still be confident in what we do. Um, you know, even in sports sometimes when you say, if you make a mistake, make it at full speed. You know, <laughs> act like you know what you're doing. Be confident in what you're doing. Even if you make a mistake, you have confidence in yourself regardless. Now, the fourth thing is be real. This means be, uh, be honest about your weaknesses, fears, and mistakes. In other words, be transparent. Now, Paul had no shame in his game in 1 Corinthians 2 and 3 when he said, I come to you in weakness. Now, sometimes we don't have to be uh, totally transparent about some things because some things is between you and God, right? Amen. You know, you don't want everybody knowing your business. And, and with me saying that, the next what we're going to talk about next week is controlling your mouth. Okay, so this kind of fits in with that, you know, be transparent, but don't give too much information where somebody can start gossiping about you. But before you speak on stuff with the transparency, you pray for God to give you discernment and he, he allows and tells you what should be shared and what should not be shared. Exactly. And you know, sometimes we can't trust people with stuff, right? Yes, yes. So he'll tell you, uh, don't tell that person. And you know, sometimes, <laughs> it. right, you know, sometimes when you say, well, it's not gossip, it's the truth, that's still gossip because that's yes. none of your business. Right. That's not your One business. For you to tell. Right. But before we go on to number five, 
we are going to take our final break. All right, this portion of our program is sponsored by Legal Shield, which is every family absolutely will benefit from owning to ensure they live worry-free and safe lives. Don't be taken advantage of. Have preventive services in place. It's a legal insurance, which is no different from auto insurance, health insurance, and life insurance. All essential to have. If you would like information on how to gain access to affordable nationwide law firms and or identity theft protection, please contact myself, Deidre Moore, at speakthetruth423 at yahoo.com. It's always better to have and not need than need and not have. Again, thank you for tuning in. Back to you, Reverend Moore, with this awesome message. You have been listening to Speak the Truth with William and Deidre Moore on Worldwide Radio. Again, you can catch us on radio.net, on your Instagram at Worldwide Radio underscore LLC, and you can also look us up on your streaming devices. Just download Live 365 and look for Worldwide Radio for our programs. Just before we took our break, we was talking about uh, five ways that we could uh, make good friends. Now, the fifth thing and final thing that we'll talk about today is be faithful in Bible study. Be faithful in Bible study. You know, get some type of small group meetings because you can know people much easier than in large groups. Now, I've learned in when I was in uh, theology school that we broke down sometimes in small groups and it was better to get a better understanding. You can make closer friends with the small groups than in a big in a big classroom. This is like you going into, you know, uh, schools have big what they call those things, auditoriums or big meetings. Yeah. Gatherings. Big gatherings. You don't know most of the people in there. But if you get into a smaller group, you can make better friends. Now, Proverbs 27 and 17 tells us, Iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I heard this um, before, but I, and I even said it myself, and I didn't even know it came from the Bible. Um... So I know in the business world, it, it, they say it's uh, always okay to copy as long as you copy in the wrong cat. And to find somebody that you, you, that you want what they have and to model after them, find a mentor to um, model after to uh, gain that knowledge. Also, another saying that um, relates is when a student is ready, the teacher will appear. Ask God to bring that person who is strong where you are weak. Like you said earlier, you know, uh, admit your weaknesses. And he will then um, be able to help you get up better where you are weak. And it circles back to what uh, you said. Again, like I said, being honest with your weaknesses. And you will be blessed for all your honesty. You know, this is one of those uh, proverbs that, I used to think there was like a cliche, and my father used to say years ago, iron sharpens iron. You know, you think, ah, that don't mean anything. But like I said before, once I started reading, I found out that it was in Scripture. You know, even though Proverbs is not what we consider a theological book, it is, is, it is a wisdom, a, lit- a literature wisdom, that's the genre uh, for that. So 
it's not considered a theological book, but it's a book of wisdom. The way we should be wise, like we said earlier in the program, is, is to make us have lived better, wise, wise living and live a wise life. Um, so rubbing a piece of irony against another piece of iron sharpens it. So if you make good friends, your friends should sharpen you and you should sharpen your friend. Don't be like that person who wants to bring you down. Have you ever been around a what they call a Debbie Downer? Yes, yes. You don't want to be in that person's presence. You say, oh, every time they come around, they speak nothing but negativity. Yeah, you know that you go, you you approach somebody, and say good morning. Oh, what's good about it? You know, like dang, I wish I'd never spoke to you. Just you trying to bring me down. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. You know, we don't want to be around negative people or negative thinking people. Every, t- every time you say something, they have something to say uh, negative to say about it. So iron sharpens iron and people sharpen other people. So a good Christian figure can help us sharpen our spiritual skills in Bible study, prayer, and finding our spiritual gifts. Just We talked about uh, before about encouraging one another. That's another way of sharpening somebody. You encourage them to do um, what is right. You don't encourage them to do what is wrong. You encourage them to do what is right. You lift that person up. And a good friend would be if that person sees somebody doing something wrong, they would encourage them to say, hey, is what you're doing is right? You know, can you do that another way? And another way about I, I was thinking about this just now. It was about anytime you have conflict resolution, you know, that's a skill. When you can have conflict resolution to something, that's a skill because you would try to encourage a person to do what they just did in a better way. Because you could ask a person is, was there a better way to solve that problem? And get them to think, you know, encourage them to do it right. And that's another way to lead them to scripture. Here's what the Bible says about it. I remember when uh, uh, Pastor Wallington rested his soul, he had preached a, um, a sermon uh, and he was talking about that. You know, what does the Bible say about it? And so that's where we want to lead people to scripture because what goes in the heart, it shows on the outside of us. So in closing today, we want to encourage people to find like-minded friends. To be around people who can make you better. Don't be around people who bring you down. You know, sometimes we do have to be in that atmosphere of people who are negative. But we need to be strong enough spiritually to be able to lift them up. Not not to have them bring us into their world, but we can bring them into our world. Yes. Introduce them to Christ and say, we are to show the attributes of Christ in our life that we could draw somebody else to us. Have you ever been in a situation to where they say, why are you so happy? How did you deal with that situation and all that was bad? You know, because sometimes we have to deal with those situations. Even in the hospitals, when I have to go see a patient, 
I don't, they don't know what is, went on in my life that day. Regardless of what it was, I have to still minister to that person. I cannot go into that person's room with my situation. So just like we meet somebody on the street, if we see somebody that's having a bad day, regardless of what's going on in our life, we still have to show Christ's attributes to that person. Because we are to be strong enough to lift them up. Yes, that's why we always have to wake up and put on the full armor of God. So when it, those situations come where we can show our godly love to others, and when they're down lifting them up, we are prepared because he gives that us the preparation. So, Lord, we want to thank you for this ministry. Thank you for allowing us to be a conduit of your word, that it will reach the homes and in the ears of those, dear Father, who may not know you by the pardon of their sins. Let them hear something through us, dear Father, that they will recognize, dear Father, you are God and God all by yourself. And there is a precept for every situation in their life, in your, in your word. Allow them to open that up to find their particular situation in your word to encourage them, dear Father, to be able to be better people, to be a beacon of light to someone else, dear Father, who do not know you. Let their light so shine to others, dear Father, that they will draw them closer to you. In your word, you says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So, Lord, let us be that beacon of light for your word, dear Father. We can draw people to you, dear Father, and make more disciples. Because we are living in some perilous times right now, dear Father, that we need you right now. So, Lord, we just ask you by the powerful name of Jesus, dear Father, to lift those people up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, until next week, remember, Jesus loves you and we do too. You're listening to the number one station around the globe.